So I thought we were going to have like a happy opening this week where we're just going to talk about the event and all of the new Mac hardware that's supposedly coming. But Mayo, you added this to the note and just to maybe make some Twitter fans angry. You say that Threads has been feeling a little bit better recently. Yeah, this is a happy opening. I think I think the last... For some people. Well, <laughs> I think the last time we spoke about Threads, I was a bit more downbeat on it, right? Yeah. Well, we were upbeat on it when it first launched. Then I think we did like a little follow-up thing and we were like, it's kind of slowing down. Yeah. And and I think my big my big complaint was like all I would see was they didn't have they didn't have the following feed did they so it was only algorithmic timeline yeah. mm-hmm. and I, my recommendations are like garbage of just you know completely irrelevant stuff that I've no interest in whatsoever just complete spam left right and center um, and and there wasn't many other people there really communicating all that much so it felt a bit deadish I think recently it's had a bit more of an upswing like the vibe's pretty good like i think it helps that um musk has said some stupid stuff recently so we've had another like round of people like my you know moving ship or whatever and coming in they've also facebook itself has been a bit more aggressive in promoting threads like cross promotion on instagram on like the facebook app and they've added um like recommendation like friend follows that show up a lot more frequently i think in like the threads app itself so you know i've got a, a flurry of new followers recently and i think a lot of people have and I, you know, I, the the raw numbers, like the absolute count, is I don't really care, like genuinely. But I just want it to be like a situation where if I like post something on there, people actually reply or acknowledge. You know, like they they see it. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like if I post something, someone's actually seeing it. Um, and more recently, that does actually seem to be happening. I still get more engagement on Twitter, but that's because I have like twenty six thousand followers on there. Right? I've been doing it for ages. Yeah. So, but the the it, before I could like post stuff on Threads and I literally get nothing. It would literally be crickets. Um, now you know there's some likes, there's some replies, there's actually some conversation I can reply to people. That's the fun part. So, um, I've been more into it recently. Maybe it will you know be ebb and flow and fall off again. But at least at the moment, it's pretty good. At BZMA. Yeah. At at Chance H Miller. But yesterday, Mark Zuckerberg said that there, are, I think they, he said a, almost 100 million monthly active users, which that's pretty good. I mean, they got 100 million users pretty quickly when they launched, but 100 million monthly active users is a lot different than just raw user numbers. Yeah, and I'm sure the Instagram cross-promotion helps that. I don't like the Facebook cross-promotion. The Instagram cross-promotion is fine because obviously threads and Instagram are by nature super tied together. I mean, they've had a button on your profile since since it launched the facebook stuff like i don't really want things i post on threads showing up on other people like i don't want them to see that on their facebook feed you know like the audiences are different and as far as i can tell there's no way to like opt out yeah i don't think there is because it shows up as like from people you know on threads or something and so i I guess if you have like your family members on facebook and then you're like talking about like yeah it's gonna like bleed into their um or just some like out, super out of context like like BS post, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Would make no sense to people who don't follow me and know what I post about. Yeah, I, I barely open Facebook <laughs> anymore, so yeah. I kind of forget <laughs> that it even exists. To be honest, um, I can just imagine I'm going to get a text from like my aunt or something. It's like, what does this mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what is a pencil? <laughs> like, are you mad about the lineup of pencils? <laughs> yeah? <It's> like, <laughs> but yeah, threads are uh, pretty good at the moment. So the event, which I mentioned, Scary Fast, it's October 30th. So on Monday, the time here, I think, is one of the most interesting things. It's 5 p.m. Pacific time, which is 8 p.m. Eastern time in the United States. 
And Mayo, that's midnight, what, midnight, baby. Midnight. Yeah. Midnight Apple event. Where they're going to announce midnight MacBooks. That'd be nice if that was a. That would be um, nice, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen. But that would be. Um, well, actually, actually, the event is eleven fifty nine p.m. Your yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is right, a funny so. quirk. On the if you go to apple.com uk, it advertises the event at eleven fifty nine. I think just so it can be on October thirtieth, like the other countries. Uh, yeah. Whereas if they did it at you know twelve a.m., it would have to be on October thirty first. Uh, but that's quite funny. Yeah. Um, so normally events are 10 a.m pacific right so right that's yeah five that's about five six o'clock uh british time depending on daylight savings um obviously i prefer if not every single event was done at 5 p.m pacific because midnight <laughs> is quite late but as a one-off you know shake it up kind of thing it's kind of exciting and they're obviously embracing the halloween you know festive kind of season doing it at the end of the month doing it with the, the tagline of scary fast and doing it in the evening. Like, it gives an opportunity to um, mix up the status quo of the video events. Because uh, obviously, you know, my favorite events are still when they did it, you know, live in person with people on the stage yeah. talking. Um, the video events, as we spoke about on the show before, have got a bit repetitive and kind of dry. You know, there's only so many times you can be impressed by, like, mm-hmm. the Apple Park drone shots or whatever. At least this is an opportunity to mix it up um because they're going to hopefully fully embrace a different theme and it's going to have a different you know vibe to it that will give a different show and make it a bit more interesting like and this one doesn't have a um like an in-person like you go and get invited and sit in a theater like they're not they're not hosting Mm -hmm. a steve jobs theater at least i do think there's some like briefings or something that they are arranging but there's no like official hey press come to steve jobs theater and sit down like you did for the iphone event right and then um yeah. watch the same videos everybody else so the the video <laughs> is this is a quote straight video event like height of covid video event yeah it's cool though like do stuff different you know and that's what makes it fun i'm excited to see because the the drone footage that we see at every event is daylight usually and like you said we've seen it so many times like my humble brag is that i got to ride around on a golf cart like at dusk nighttime at apple park at wwdc and it's beautiful. Yeah, they have done a few Sonic. night shots on the videos, like normally for the iPhone yeah. event when they do the pros, they like do it more in the dark, right? And they like they have like Greg Joswiak come out when it's dark, um, and you see the like the Steve Jobs Theater at night and stuff, and it looks cool. But you can imagine if they do a whole event along that, and probably yeah. have some like mm-hmm. you know gags for Halloween and stuff mixed in there too. It, it will stand apart from the crowd. So at the event, we're expecting new Macs, and it sounds like what we're going to get is a new 24-inch iMac and an updated version of the 14- and 16-inch MacBook Pro, which is kind of surprising because that would mean probably that these are going to be M3 chips, which before this event was announced, before like the past week, I don't think we thought we were going to get M3 this this year. We were thinking sometime early 2024, maybe. There had been some like rumors that the m3 generation was starting but it was by no means like a surefire thing right like it was like it's either gonna be october or it's gonna be next you know early next year and after apple did the apple pencil announcement with nothing else around it the optimism for m3 had definitely fallen away but at the weekend um bloomberg's mark german was like no it's happening and they're gonna do a quote launch event at the end of the month and then you know, a day or so later, they sh- they wrote out the official invites. Uh, and if you want any more proof that it's about the Mac, the animation 
on the website changes from the mm-hmm. apple logo you know in like black and white it like fades away and morphs into the um finder icon so it's clearly mac mac centric so if they do the 14 inch and 16 inch macbook pro that would mean we're probably getting m3 m3 pro and m3 max right which is different than the m1 and m2 launches where first all we got was the vanilla version of those chips and the pro and max and ultra versions came months later yeah because the imac situation obviously the imac right now is an m1 and so far skipped m2 entirely Uh, and the general consensus has been that it is going to skip m2 and go straight to m3 but there's still i guess an outside chance that it happens to just be an m2 update because they could do that um but german seems pretty confident that it's m3 uh it doesn't really make much sense for them to announce the m3 pro and m3 max without the base m3 at the same time so yeah obviously the scary fast part is the macbook pro side of side of life the imac's just like a nice straightforward update but it does you know it seems like this is the time and for the macbook pros this would be the second update in the same year because the uh the m2 macbook pros came out in january like earlier this year and the all indications are that those were meant to come out around this time last yeah, year they were delayed yeah because uh, like obviously there's been delays all over the shop uh, and a lot of people keep bringing up, oh, they're not going to release M3 stuff before like the Vision Pro's out because that only runs on M2 and that's not yeah. coming out until next year. I, I, again, I think that's easily explained by shifting timelines and schedules. The Vision Pro was meant to come out a year ago originally. Remember, it was like meant for that September announcement, maybe came out in like January time. And then it got delayed and then there were rumors it was going to be a January announcement. It was going to come out in the spring. Then it got delayed again and it got delayed again and again. And they finally announced it at WWDC to come out early next year. So I think if you work on the... If you try and you know backtrack to the probably original plan, the Vision Pro is going to be out by now. And that's why it runs on M2 architecture. And you know just because it's delayed, they don't have the bandwidth to change what chip it runs on. It will ship with M2 and then work on the next generation that will ship with M4 or whatever else it's going to be at, at that point. Uh, that's just the reality. The M3 is based on the A17 Pro or vice versa. We believe, whatever. of course, not 100%, but yeah, yeah that's yeah. the expectation, um, which is interesting in a way for something that I've only just really like clocked this morning when I was doing some last-minute research for the show. The, A- the M2 was based on the A15 as well as M1. So the architecture oh, improvements yeah. from A16 never actually came to the Mac. Um, so if you're doing compares between like A16 and A17, right, in terms of performance, for the Mac lineup, you actually have to think a bit further back because uh, M1 was huh. A15, you know, core design. M2 was A15 core design. Uh, but M3 is going to be A17, i.e. skipping the M the a16 chip altogether so right. you know like the when apple when we had the september event and the iphone performance difference compared to last year wasn't that impressive um already you've got a chance for it to be a bigger gap because they've already skipped like the a16 equivalent cpu and gpu improvements um so really you're going you're comparing like a17 to a15 and then you have anything specific that they've done for the m series right my expectation is that this is going to be like a pretty short and sweet and concise event. It reminds me of what they did in January where they announced the new MacBook Pros and had like, it was like a 30-minute video that they published on YouTube. Yep. I wonder if they just did that and then they didn't really like how it went over. So this time around, they're like, it's basically the same thing, the same format, but we're just going to package it up and call it a quote-unquote event. Which explains, you know, the weird time, the lack of an in-person component, 
that kind of just it that it's just it just feels different than a normal event if that makes sense yeah like the thing they did in january was cool but i don't think many people saw the video they put on youtube because you like they the youtube video came out at the same time they put out the press releases right so people just read the press releases and then saw the headlines on websites or whatever and no one at that point was like, well, I'm going to go out of my way to watch a 30-minute video of something I already know about, right? I mean, I watched it. I'm sure you did as, I'm sure you did as well. But it's not like... If, if you just change the order around a bit by putting out the video first, then you can do the press releases later, blah, blah, blah. You get more people watching the party line version, right? Direct from Apple.com. And it makes it a bit more of a exciting event, right? Like, there's just a natural, um, instinctive, uh, like, priority for stuff that's like a video streaming on the web on the web versus a press release going out right on its own there's just a different hierarchy you know take for instance the apple pencil update right like yeah (laughs) that came out as a press release because that was a you know press release sized product this is not going to be the biggest announcements they've ever done because we expect the imac and the macbook pro to look visually identical right no chassis changes it's purely spec bumps but it is the start of the new apple silicon generation so it probably um, it can deserve and warrants time for, you know, Apple execs to present it because you'll have the Johnny Saruji introduction of the chip generation. You have someone else do the iMac update at the beginning, you know, talk about M3. Then they can go, and we've gone even further with M3 Pro and M3 Max. And here's the new MacBook Pros. Blah, 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 blah. There's a question mark about whether they're going to bump the 13-inch MacBook Pro, you know, which isn't really a MacBook Pro, but that model that currently still has a touch bar like maybe that's going to get changed around a bit we don't know yet that's probably like the only real question mark the updates to the iMac and MacBook Pro the other the 14 inch and 16 inch MacBook Pro seem much more guaranteed um and then it all comes down to the details of well how exactly is it faster um you know what's the CPU improvements what's the GPU going to look like this is should be running on three nanometer uh we didn't see huge gains on the a17 pro but again that was comparing to last year's chip whereas this is really comparing to two years ago chip generation and there's some speculation that for the m3 in general or like the 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 three nanometer cycle in general apple really concentrated on doing updates that would impact the mac architecture more than the phone um so maybe we'll see something really impressive you know especially on the gpu side right like apple made a big deal about their new gpu and a17 pro scale that up to the cores the core counts of like i think we're expecting 40 cores on the new max chip um and you get hardware ray tracing and you get everything else it could be a big 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 jump all, all things told because like cpu front apple's doing pretty pretty well the gpu is where they've been lacking on desktop and maybe the m3 is now their chance to really close the gap and not to mention the MacBook Pros at least have cooling. They have a fan system that can counteract some of the bad narrative about the overheating of the A17 Pro. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the whole thing about it might be optimized for a different yeah. like chassis that can be heated and cooled and whatever else versus like the small form factor of the phone. And then eventually we'll get the M3 Ultra that will land in the Mac Studio and then who knows about the Mac Pro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the only question mark in my head really is the 13-inch MacBook Pro, whether it goes away entirely, whether they re- they bump it with a new chip, whether it keeps the touch bar. Uh, the the MacBook Pros higher end and the iMac seem pretty certain. It's just the 13-inch, which is like the question mark. And um, don't really think there's room for anything else. Mac Mini? I mean that? Yeah, maybe. You would think that that could be M3 and M3 Pro, which, because yeah, because the Mac Mini got updated in January alongside the new MacBook Pros. Yeah, they could slip a Mac Mini uh, update in there too. Oh, that just comes a bit later. Oh, yeah, the only other thing is um, USB-C 
m- mice keyboard track. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which probably wouldn't get keynote time, but that might be the time to do it and just you know, update the website with those at the same time. Do you think they'll have an actual change to any of those? Like the Magic Mouse, is it just going to be the same, flipped over? I reckon it's going to be the same, and it's going to make people mad, but <laughs> I don't think they've really shown a uh, a want to revolutionize them too much. No. Like, there is stuff they could do there and like make it fancier, but I don't... I'm, I mean, maybe we'd be surprised, but I feel like they're just going to come out with them and they'll just have the, the ports changed. I don't hate... Like, the Magic Mouse, obviously everyone laughs at it because it charges from the bottom. But you only do that like once a month, once every couple of months. You can just charge it up for 10 minutes and it's fine. So I don't think it's like the worst thing in the world. It's not egregiously bad or anything. So, And it does have some aesthetic benefit because then if you do look at it from side on or top down, you can't see any holes or any gaps or anything. So yeah. you can see the appeal um, and it doesn't seem like bandwidth-wise inside of Apple changing the mouse around is really their priority but maybe they really surprise us and they put the they put the port on the on the back but <laughs> i i would anticipate they're exactly the same just with USB-C ports instead of lightning speaking of threads i posted yesterday i asked if we were gonna have a drink during the spooky fast event since it's at night <laughs> and i got some good responses from people saying it should be a drinking game and what should trigger a drink in that drinking game like John Gruber said, "Every time they show a performance chart where the y-axis is unlabeled, <laughs> that's an almost that's almost guaranteed." Or, um, I guess Tim Cook is not going to say good morning. No, he's not. Will he say good evening? That is the that would be the instant meme from this. That event. would indeed. Like, that would indeed be. And um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So that is on Monday night, and so we'll have Monday night. Obviously, all the re- reactions and response on next week's show. We are sponsored this week by Pillow. Pillow is the best sleep tracker app for your Apple Watch, iPhone or iPad to help you uncover the scientifically proven benefits of good sleep. Go to pillow.app and use promo code HAPPYHOUR23 to get 30% off an annual subscription to Pillow Premium. Sleep better with Pillow, your smart sleep assistant. Pillow analyzes your sleep cycles automatically using your Apple Watch. Or if you don't have a watch, you can place your iPhone or iPad on the mattress near your pillow. Pillow will automatically detect and analyze your sleep patterns, and you can review last night's sleep report right on your watch with heart rate analysis and more. Pillow uses an advanced sleep cycle analysis algorithm based on the latest scientific findings in sleep research. You can view detailed heart rate graphs and a sleep stage diagram that shows you how you transition from being awake to REM to light sleep and deep sleep stages. And Pillow integrates with the Apple Health app to update your sleep metrics in the health database too. You can even use Pillow as a smart alarm clock that aims to wake you up at a time when you're in the lightest possible sleep stage so you can start your day fresh and relaxed. Record noises of the night so you can hear things like snoring, sleep apnea and sleep talking. Simply put, Pillow is the best sleep tracker for your Apple Watch, iPhone and iPad. And exclusively for Happy Hour listeners, you can use offer code HAPPYHOUR23 to get 30% off an annual subscription of Pillow Premium. That's promo code HAPPYHOUR23. Find out more at pillow.app. That's pillow.app. Pillow. Sleeping better. Made simple. I think it was last month where Mark Kerman at Bloomberg said that Apple had a big AI announcement of some sort planned for next year. But we kind of speculated on what it might be or what Apple could be working on. Then this week, Mark in his Power On newsletter published a whole bunch of details about different 
ways Apple is planning to integrate AI into features for iOS 18. The list here is is interesting. So he says that AI features could come to messages for things like auto-responding, AI-generated playlists in Apple Music, creating iWork pages and keynote slides with AI, obviously Siri, some updates with AI, something kind of like Microsoft and GitHub's Copilot thing for programming in Xcode. It kind of just feels like throwing everything against the wall and seeing what sticks. And I doubt that all of this will be ready for iOS 18 next year, but it does provide some more context about what Apple is, how Apple thinks it can kind of play catch up to the competition with, because Mark's report says they were pretty much caught flat-footed by everything that happened this year with generative AI and chat GPT and now what Google's doing on the Pixel 8. Yeah, I mean, the I don't... The, the, the throwing stuff against the wall um, characterization, probably reasonably accurate. I mean, Gurman says that there's been like mm-hmm. an edict from above to roll out AI features wherever yeah. possible, um, or at least explore where AI can be applied. Um, and that's one way that you catch up quicker, right? You just get every team being like, what AI stuff can we do here, here, and here? And then at some point, you know, Federighi and the product team or the, you know, the executive team will be like, yeah, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're not doing this, cut this, maybe do this another year. This is what we're shipping and get this ready in the next four months so it's ready for the iOS 18 beta one cycle, right? Um, so yeah, not everything uh, will come to pass and especially stuff like the the iWork integration for like automatically making pages documents and keynote slide decks like microsoft is doing that in the office suite this year but that's because microsoft office is a big product for them right like that's right that's what a microsoft flagship service is for apple the iwork apps are not quite as important (laughs) like no they're they're good and they're helpful that they exist but keeping them i mean they're already not feature parity with office right because they're not they're not meant to be they're you know they're smaller stripped down streamlined products that focus on that have a lot of features in them don't get me wrong but they're never going to match what office does one-to-one it's just not their priority and they're free and they're free yeah (laughs) i mean maybe that's the other thing i wanted to ask about this um ai stuff is like running ai features on like cloud servers costs money so I do wonder whether some of this stuff might be limited to like Apple services tiers or, you know, you have to have, you know, you have to have a an iCloud Plus account for it. Like maybe they like roll it into iCloud Plus somehow or stuff like, you know, all the um, like the Bing image generation, for instance, right? That's something you can do right now. If you go to Bing.com, you can generate an image, type in a type in a prompt and it'll make photos. They give you like 20 for free, but then you have to buy it to like keep making them. So, you know, some of these companies have realized, like, running AI servers constantly for all these generative AI tools, it's not cheap. I mean, ChatGPT has a free tier, but it's more of a promotional tool to get you to buy the $20 a month subscription or whatever. And so we don't quite know yet how that will land when it comes to Apple's implementation of this stuff. There also seems to be a kind of debate going on about whether Apple will do generative AI on device or whether they'll do it through, like, a cloud, you know, cloud offering that they run and host servers and then they can channel your request through uh it'll probably end up being some combination where some stuff can run locally that is less strenuous but then for the more sophisticated complicated things that need a server farm the power of a server farm then they'll delegate to that and maybe they're the ones that apple starts charging you for or rolls into a subscription or something like ai generated plays in apple music that's easily paid for because it can just roll into the subscription right but something like putting you know keynote slide generation doesn't immediately scream that they're going to roll that in for free because that's not really how apple rolls so 
I would imagine if that does come to pass, especially as um, Eddie, supposedly Eddie Q's the one overseeing that, you know, he runs services. So either they're planning <laughs> yeah. like a, another subscription tier or something, or it's or it'll be part of Apple One or something like that. Uh, I can't imagine they'll give you everything for free. All the under-device stuff they can, obviously, but like if they're running off server farms, there's going to be a paid component somewhere. One thing that's interesting is like Microsoft's not doing the AI stuff itself, really. They're like most of the Bing stuff is powered by OpenAI, and the image generation is powered by Dolly. Apple's do obviously Apple's doing everything itself, and Garmin says Apple is on course to spend about a billion dollars per year kind of bringing generative AI to its different platforms. And that seems a little bit low compared I mean you're compared to who you're competing with. Yeah, it's it's hard to know when he says a billion dollars a year exactly what that's accounting for cuz like yeah. Um you know, open OpenAI will spend more than that, but that's also because they basically offer a service for other companies to use their stuff, right? So like, you know, you're renting servers from them essentially, kind of like AWS for Amazon, right? And yeah, I'm sh- mm-hmm. and Microsoft does rely on OpenAI a lot, but they also have their own stuff, and they're also now like running, they're like running OpenAI's algorithms on yeah. at Microsoft Azure servers. So like, you know, and obviously Apple already has iCloud servers. So did the, the one billion cost include running that, or are they going to do it separately? Like, it's a there's there's a lot of question marks here. I mean, um, you know, Ming Chi Kuo said Apple was going to like rent or buy out new servers that run like Nvidia AI you know chips and stuff so like maybe that's going into the billion and obviously if they really ramp up it will probably cost more than that um but i mean apple can afford it so they can figure that out and if it's super expensive they'll just end up charging the customer Uh, it's just what it's just (laughs) what will happen in terms of timing uh it seems like the the smarter version of siri is like what's getting priority in terms of coming next year and then there'll be some like ios 18 features and then other stuff might come later uh because and maybe the Siri, the smart version of Siri, like launches in beta or something. Maybe it's not fully rolled out. Maybe it's only applied to certain like domains of requests. But in in every uh, one of Mark's um, reporting on this so far, he always mentions like uh, you know G Andrew's team's working hard on like the new smarter Siri that should be ready for next year. Um, there is question marks about whether it will be notably better. And apparently, some employees question whether you know even if they do full steam ahead and roll stuff out, whether by this time next year, it will be competitive with what Google, Microsoft and others are offering. Like maybe they're, you know, if they're behind now, will they be behind again next year while they try and catch up? So we'll see. But I mean, I think Apple does have time here a bit because like you ask a general, the general public right now and the only AI thing they can really point to is like ChatGPT, which is a website. So it just feels like in a different frame of mind. Like it doesn't feel like the iPhone itself is behind, even though, the raw technology of ChatGPT could easily be applied to the iPhone in many different ways, and Apple will do that in time. Um, and if they weren't quote unquote behind, they could have shipped some of that stuff already. So, you know, practically, there's a difference between like the the general customer like impression of the situation and like the technological edge of you know what's cutting edge and what's actually possible. Um, so, Apple's got some time. They're not like you know, it's not like people aren't buying iPhones because this year they didn't integrate you know AI based message replying in in apple messages or whatever or ai generated players in music um but over time those things build up and the competitive advantages do start to show spotify obviously rolled out ai features this year including AI generated playlists so if apple doesn't do it at some point they'll be behind um but they have you know a leniency a a some leeway that you know yes okay they won't they won't on the button this year if they catch up in the next couple of years they'll be all right you know the interesting thing too is in 
Mark's report, there's no real mention of how Apple is going to use AI for photos. Obviously, they're already doing like quite a bit of machine learning on images. You might say too much machine learning and processing <laughs> on images. But I mean, if you look at what Google just announced and released with like the Pixel 8 Pro, the magic, what is it called? Like magic editor, mm. magic eraser. That is like, you can completely change a picture with AI. And it is impressive, but it's also been controversial. The Verge, for instance, had a really good piece about what even is a picture anymore, if you can change it that much after the fact. Yeah, the, the Google features are like what you like what Adobe put into Photoshop because they put like AI generating features into Photoshop too, and you can like yeah. you know, select the area and say generate more background or cut me out or you know change this object to this and this. But it feels more tangible when you can do it from an app on the palm in your hand of a photo that you just took. Um, and all that works on the Google Cloud. So you have to like upload the picture and then it updates it and then it sends it back down or whatever. But I mean, that's a feature, right? You go into a phone shop. What's Google going to be, gonna, yeah. gonna be telling the people, the, the, the sales assistants to be marketing? They're going to be telling them to market that because it's differentiation. Um, and over time, Apple will adopt it. But you're right. Right now, they haven't, like the, the Bloomberg product doesn't mention anything specific in that area. And I think it's always worth pointing out that Apple already does so much. They call it mainly machine learning and things like some of the health features and again in photos. And they're not as far behind on some of this stuff as I think people like to claim they are. They've obviously got a great team working on it. They just got caught, like Mark said, kind of flat footed by I think the consumer push and how quickly OpenAI and Google and Microsoft all added this. Yeah, stuff like to large their language models specifically. Yeah. It's like yeah. not really present in Apple stuff today. Maybe I mean they did kind of reference it for the the keyboard update in iOS 17, right? But yeah. it's not quite the same mm-hmm. as like asking a question and getting five paragraphs in response. And not all of what Mark has described is really large language models so much as like Apple Music playlists with AI. I don't know that like Spotify has a few different ways they've integrated AI. They have the AI DJ, which is like an AI generated voice that creates a radio station and plays songs and explains beforehand why they played that song and why they picked the next song and when you listen to that song and why they think you'll like this song. But then they're, they have like the, did you see the Supremium plan? Mm-hmm. $20 a month, it'll have hi-fi audio, but then it'll also have some AI playlist features. And I think their plan is to like create playlists that flow between each individual song by like matching the beats per minute and the key of different songs and kind of adjusting the key and the beats per minute between like the transition. You can see how there's a lot more that Apple can do with Apple Music that's more than just large language model text-generated responses. Yeah, um, like generative AI is right now realized in terms of like the chat GP te- text box, but there's so yeah. many ways to adapt that raw technology to different mediums different features different disciplines and um, it's going to be huge uh, and it's definitely something that they should be working on and you know if they start shipping some stuff next year that'd be great but that certainly won't be the end of the line they'll have to keep working on it and you know this is going to be it's going to be it's going it, to like that, that fundamental ai language model situation can enhance basically every single application on your entire device at some point, uh, once the technology yeah. is in place, once they work out whether they can run it on device or not. Um, but anything, basically anything you can do, you can do better uh, eventually. It doesn't mean that they're going to be quote-unquote behind if they don't ship it or meet, or you know, right out of the gate. Bloomberg also had a report this week on AirPods. 
So Mark Gurman says that Apple's planning a pretty big overhaul to the AirPods product lineup starting in 2024. So this will start with Apple discontinuing AirPods 2 and AirPods 3. So AirPods 2 are based on the design of the original AirPods, while AirPods 3 are based on the design of AirPods Pro with the shorter stem, but without the replaceable, customizable fit ear tips. German says that AirPods 3 haven't sold very well for Apple, and I think that's kind of been evident since they were released. They kind of the value wasn't there compared to what AirPods 2 got you for less money. I think like $40 less. And the jump to AirPods Pro, the features made it worth that extra money. So they were kind of in that awkward middle spot. So Bloomberg says that there will be new AirPods 4, and they'll be available in two different variations with a new design that's a blend of AirPods 3 and AirPods Pro. I don't really know what that means because he says that they still won't feature the replaceable and customizable ear tips like AirPods Pro. So the two variants of AirPods 4 will be differentiated based on features like active noise cancellation, and one model will have the updated charging case with the speaker for Find My, and the cheaper version won't. That'd be cool though, because I'm a user of the non-pro AirPods, and some form of noise cancellation would be great. Obviously, it's not going to be as good as any of AirPods, because they can just cover right, more, they yeah. can seal your head off more, but if they can do some form of active noise cancellation with the general earbud shape uh, i'd love to buy those that sounds great do you think this is going to solve what apparently is the airpods problem for apple though i guess it depends on how cheap the depends on the prices yeah yeah how cheap the less fancy version of airpods 4 are and if you make the higher end airpods 4 pricing wrong then you stop people from buying airpods pro and they might buy that just because it's got noise cancellation as part of it like there's yeah you know you have to mm-hmm. price it quite specifically so it's hard to judge how it will fare i mean i do think that part of the reason airpods 3 didn't sell very well is that like people are happy enough with airpods 2 and yeah you know if you have airpods right now and they're not broken and the batteries aren't depleted you might as well keep using them that's what i did right like that doesn't mean i if if they eventually when they die out i'll have to buy airpods 3 if something else isn't available but i think apple had a huge you know, when you have a huge year-over-year increase in sales of AirPods, like like they've had done, um, at some point you get to a point where that starts to level off, and the effect of people just holding on to their current ones outweighs the new sales. So I think that's part of the AirPods Three situation. And then the other part is the AirPods Two and AirPods Three are not very well differentiated. So if you are buying new and you're not buying the AirPods Pro, are you spending the extra you know money? It's p- kind of hard for somebody to sell you on why you should pay the extra for the AirPods Three versus AirPods Two. Because most people can buy AirPods 2, probably because they're updating from the original AirPods, so they look the same, so they're happy with them, and then they move on with their life. Um, If you do add differentiation in the kind of the case features noise can i think noise cancellation is enough really to separate it out because that would that would like that would immediately make me want to buy the AirPods for higher end version rather than the baseline if they can give you active noise cancellation that actually makes some sort of difference. Because I'd love to use AirPods Pro to be honest, but I just don't like the feel of the in-ear buds very well um so i've i've i haven't jumped there but if they can offer me like some active I, basically i want to be able to like mow the lawn and not have like mine and still be able to hear the podcast you know um which yeah. i'm sure you can do on airpods pro but you cannot do on airpods 3 or airpods 2 they they just way too loud ming chi quo said back in january that apple had he called him airpods light in the works and he 
he estimated a $99 price, which that's a pretty good price point if you get the updated design with some of the features, but not A and C and not the fancy charging case. Yeah, because right now AirPods 2 is like 120 right? About around the, 129 yeah. And they're on sale on Amazon, like, quote-unquote on sale. Like, the basically the permanent price on Amazon is $99. Yeah, I think so. if they get $99, because then you could have, like, $99 AirPods base model, then you have, like, 160-ish AirPods with the noise cancellation, and then you can have AirPods Pro at the 230, 250-ish range. And the if if there's an awkward gap between AirPods for the fancy version and AirPods Pro, it sounds like that'll be a temporary awkward gap because German also says that updated AirPods Pro with a refresh design and maybe some health features of some sort are coming in 2025. So AirPods 4 in 2024 and updated AirPods Pro in 2025. The health features, we've heard like kind of a random mix of things. The primary focus seems to be on hearing health, which is something Apple kind of already dabbles in. But then there's other things that have been rumored like fitness health features that can pair with apple yeah. Watch. temperature yeah you could see apple pushing airpods pro to be more expensive too to further help that weird gap between airpods 4 and airpods pro yeah airpods are very popular they like they kind of have the iphone situation where they can keep bumping iphone prices up and people keep buying them you can probably keep bumping airpods pro prices up a bit more and people keep buying them as well there's a huge category for them then he also has some good news, and I guess for me it sounds like kind of bad. Yeah, news not great AirPods news. <laughs> Max, yeah, AirPods Max are going to remain a product in Apple's lineup. <laughs> they, German says, towards the end of 2024, so a year from now, and four years since AirPods Max were first released, he says an update with USB-C and new colors and nothing else. I mean, presumably they have to get a new. The new chip inside because right now they miss out on pretty much every single airpods feature that apple announced at wwdc this year like they have to get the new chip surely it's not just usbc and colors yeah whenever they even still get, it's, they've got to at least revise it to have feature parity with the current airpods pro right um which means you'll get into the weirdness again in 2025 obviously when the airpods pro jump ahead but yeah. you can't release the airpods pro the airpods max next this time next year and then not have the you know the conversational awareness, the bloody, you know, all the all the personalized spatial audio and volume features, and all the lossless audio, low latency stuff that's with the Vision Pro, right? Yeah. Like, surely all that's got to be encompassed in the next AirPods Max revision. But you will have the awkwardness again when they don't inevitably do not update AirPods Max for another five years, uh, and AirPods Pro get updates in the interim. And German did say AirPods 4 would also have USB-C for charging, if there was any doubt. Oh, it'd be so funny but, if they just left them on Lightning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Lightning is dead, dead, dead. Not, not, not if you use AirPods Max, you're going to have to wait a whole another year. That, I mean, the fact that AirPods Max still use Lightning, that's the biggest bottleneck in my charging life now that iPhone 15 Pro, or iPhone 15 uses USB-C. It's going to take another year to do that? it's it's ridiculous it's and they still sell them for 549 dollars mm-hmm. i don't get it it's sad yeah i mean if they if they come out to the end of next year with and the only difference is USB-C, you get the new chip and there's some color options it would be nice if they could drop the price a bit at the same time if they do just that they've responded to none of the criticism of the current airpods max no but i the criticize heavy... they're too expensive well yeah okay they address the price yeah 
but they don't address like the charging case is that just going to stay the same (laughs) the heavy design the all like the awkward band like nothing like literally just yeah the heavy like i've worn airpods max they are heavy the heaviness and the price of what put me off buying them if they were cheaper i could buy them and just wear them stationary (laughs) but if i'm paying the current price for them i also want to use them walking around and they're too heavy to do that really I don't see a world in which they're cheaper, unfortunately, but we'll see. I mean, at one point, they were supposedly going to make like a model that wasn't using metal, like a sport model. Really? I missed that. That was a rumor. That. that was a rumor like 2020. <laughs> <laughs> there was like, they were like, I think pretty sure German said it. They were making the metal version and they were going to do like a cheaper sport model that you could be more like waterproof and it would also be a bit cheaper. Um, but obviously that died away. That would make it lighter as well as cheaper. Yeah. And there's always the Beats elephant in the room with this stuff. I mean, the Beats Studio Pro, as we talked about a couple months ago, they're here. And they're right now, they're a better buy than AirPods Max by a wide margin. And yet Apple doesn't really seem to care. I mean, you can get Beats Studio Pro. They retail for $349, and you can get them on Amazon sometimes for like $250. It's like, how do you, how do you justify AirPods Max? And I don't think whatever they have planned for December of next year will make them that much. They're not going to be two fifty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you know, if you're if you're if you're lucky, they'll be four ninety nine instead of five fifty. <laughs> they probably still won't have a better case. They probably still won't have. They might have lossless audio like the new AirPods yeah. Pro and Vision Pro, but definitely won't have a headphone jack. Maybe they could offer US lossless audio over USB C, like the earbuds. That's true. Yeah. And that's what the Beats Studio Pro do, too. Yep. Remember, they have a USB-C port, and they include a USB-C to headphone jack cable in the, in the box. Wild stuff. Wild stuff right there. With, at least with the AirPods Max, you get the bra. Is that a good thing? I don't even know where, <laughs> where mine is. I don't even know where mine is. I don't no, that's the it. other thing. You get the AirPods Max for 550, then you've got to buy another hard case to actually transport it around <laughs> in. <laughs> and, but, and you can buy a case, but it's still going to be gigantic because you can't fold it. You can't them, fold it. So. Yep. Yep. So you got to pack the AirPods Max, a lightning cable, an awkward case, but then you're all set. All of these reasons why I didn't buy the AirPods Max. I love mine. I love them. They're just, there's a lot less shame associated with them when I bought them in December of 2020. Next year, next year. Fingers crossed. Happy Hour This Week is also brought to you by Ladder. If you're anything like me, you have a certain tendency to put things off until the very last minute. Dentists, opticians appointments, filing taxes, that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's usually fine, but you shouldn't mess around and wait when it comes to life insurance. Get term coverage life insurance through Ladder today. Go to ladderlife.com slash happy hour to see if you're instantly approved. You know, I've started needing glasses recently, and that was a moment that hit me like, I'm actually getting older and stuff like life insurance somehow feels immediately more relevant. Life insurance gives you the peace of mind to know that your family will be taken care of if the worst happens. Ladder is a 100% digital service when you apply for $3 million in coverage or less. That means no doctors, no needles and no paperwork required. It's all done online. You just need a phone or laptop to apply. Fill out Ladder's application form and their smart algorithms will work in real time and tell you instantly if you're approved. Ladder has no hidden fees and you can cancel at any time. Get a full refund if you cancel within the first 30 days. And Ladder's policies are issued by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims. And Ladder's customers rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot. 
So if you've been thinking about getting life insurance, Ladder is the place to do it. If you aren't sure, but you just want some more information, go on Ladder's website, fill out their online calculator, and you can see the costs and terms of the plan with no commitment. And as the cost of life insurance goes up as you age, now is the time to act and get it done. So go to ladderlife.com slash happy hour today to see if you're instantly approved. That's L-A-D-D-E-R-L-I-F-E dot com slash happy hour. One more time, ladderlife.com slash happy hour. Thanks to Ladder for sponsoring the show. iOS 17.1 is here. This is actually a a nice update. The There's the new airdrop feature that allows transfers to continue over the internet when you step away from the other device. I really want to test that. I, I keep s- forgetting. <laughs> I know. I, I still haven't tried yeah. it, but... Hopefully it works smoothly. Upgrades to Apple Music. There's a few. This is kind of like an Apple Music-focused update, almost. You can now favorite songs, albums, and playlists in the Music app. And you can filter different categories in the music app to only show you your favorites which is nice if you have kind of accumulated a massive library over the years and you just want to see what you know you like you can also one thing i am kind of surprised that they did is you can customize playlists with a built-in library of like album art so by default playlists in apple music show a grid of four album covers from songs in that playlist which isn't really a great design especially if you have like overlap where song songs from the same album are in different playlists all of the artwork for the playlist kind of starts to blend together so apple has 10 custom artwork designs now where you can customize the text and kind of brand your playlist for whatever the vibe of that playlist is there's song suggestions for playlists now so it'll show you kind of like an supposedly maybe intelligent section of song recommendations at the bottom of songs they think you might want to add to that playlist this is some nice changes to apple music i think we're still waiting on collaborative playlists but and that's probably what some of the cover art stuff is in service of right so when you do share the playlist you get better art um the favoring stuff is really nicely done um, it's a simple feature, but it makes a big difference. Like one of the continuing complaints I have with Apple's like services apps is that there's not enough ways to filter and navigate. So you end up just scrolling long, long lists. But if you can bookmark and favorite stuff, it makes it a lot nicer because yeah. you can just choose the stuff that you're currently into. You favorite that. Supposedly, it benefits your recommendations too. Um, that's hard to test, obviously, but yeah. just from a UI perspective, then whenever you go into your library, you can click on artist, album, or song, and then in the top right corner, you can filter by all or favorited. And if you filter by favorited, it remembers when you come back, so you don't have to click it again. Like you just come back later, and it's already filtered. So if you have songs that you really, really like, but you don't want to make like playlists for them, because I think a lot of people make like favorite playlists, right? They just name make a playlist, they call it yeah. Fabs, and they shove a load of stuff in it. This is like that, but not ad hoc. It's like done properly. You can favorite from the lock screen. Like when you're, it's now playing on the lock screen, there's a little star button there. Like it's all done really, really well. Um, and like that's the kind of thing I want to see in all of Apple's apps. You know, like imagine if the TV app, you could favorite your favorite shows and then you could just see them very easily in one place. Like there's loads of stuff like that uh, that they can do. And this is a huge step forward for Apple Music. So big thumbs up from me. I don't know about you, but I find that the primary way I interact with my music library is just through the recently added section. So, like, I add something to my library and I listen to it a lot because it's right there when you open the mm-hmm. app. But as it gets pushed further down the recently added list and eventually just drops off completely, I forget about it. I almost wish when you open the music app, there was a way to customize what you see. Because right now it defaults to 
just showing your recently added music. It would be nice to have oh, like, on favorites. the library tab. Yeah. Yeah, on the library tab. Yeah, you can customize the list above it. So like Right, but you can't. Yeah, but below that is always recently added. Um but yeah, that's a nice little tip if you don't realize like if you don't want playlists at the top of the library, you can just press edit and you can reorder that list. Um you know, you can uncheck sections, add sections in. But uh, so that changes the list and it makes it easy if you want a shortcut to something at the top. But yeah, you're right. Below that, it's always recently added, at least on the phone. Um, so it'd be nice if you could change that to maybe put favorited favorited albums there instead of recently added. Potentially, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be cool. Um, and then maybe if they could like put your favorites in the listen now tab somehow in like a section or something, that'd be nice. But like, it's a good, really good improvement. Um, it is, yeah. 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 So. Two thumbs up for that, or as Apple would say, star it to make it a favorite. Outside of Apple Music, what else? We have the standby thing, so you can choose when you want to turn the display off or not. So if you really want your phone to always be on all night long, you can now do that. Only on the always on display Only on the always display phones, so. yeah. The new wallet stuff that we've talked about. So in the UK, that's connected cards via the open banking API which is a few different banks, Barclays, HSBC, Lloyd's, RBS, Monzo, and Starling, which is more than we get here in the United States where we have connected cards, kind of, with just Discover. So this shows you your credit card balances and transaction history. And in the UK, it shows up in like the Apple Pay sheet, too, Yep. but not in the United States for Discover. Presumably, this is something where we'll see more banks in the UK and in the US and other countries in the future hopefully yeah because like my bank my bank integrates the open banking standard but it doesn't work with the apple wallet feature (laughs) so yeah because i use santander predominantly and they're not on the current list of supported banks but the impression i get is they'll add more over time i don't know if this is tied specifically to ios 17.1 but also this week apple pay later launched Mm. to everyone in the united states i think it was april where they started rolling this out in like early access and it's been gradually rolling out since then. And now it's live for everyone. That This is what lets you split an Apple Pay purchase into four weekly installments, I think, with no interest and no fees. And it's available anywhere online or in-app where you can check out with Apple Pay. This I attempted to try this, but it said I... Was it said like my application wasn't approved or something? Oh, really? Even helpful. though you have an Apple card? <laughs> yeah, I have an Apple card and... I have everything, and it's... I don't know if it was, like, just denied or if it was a bug or something. I should try it again, but... Actually, I don't really care, but... Yeah. I tried it for, quote-unquote, work. Yeah, I mean, if you have an Apple card, you're not, like, actually gaining... Because, you, so you know, Apple Pay later splits over four payments, but the first payment is when you buy it, so really it's over six weeks, right? That's right, yeah. Six weeks compared to four weeks. That it, because, basically, with an Apple card, you get four weeks, right? Because it's on a credit balance over four weeks so you're only really getting two extra weeks um but it's good for people that in a pinch they want to buy something and they know they can pay it back um or if you can't apply or you can't yeah you can't be eligible for a credit card or whatever um but i think it's probably done better and healthier than some of the other companies in this Mm -hmm. space hopefully probably like a firm and it's one of those things where apple's coming in and hopefully kind of like with apple card doing it in a healthier manner 17.1 17.1 also has that thing we spoke about where you can choose a specific album for the photo shuffle on the lock screen. Oh, yeah. That's a nice mm-hmm. change. Um, it also fixes that bug on watchOS where the weather complication will always blank out. 
which is handy. Supposedly. 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 Uh, I, I've I mean, seen people say it doesn't. But In my experience, I haven't had the bug since, so I'll take that until it's wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> um, it, 17.1 on the watch, uh, which I guess is, what, 10.1? Um, also 10. has 1, Double yeah. Tap, which is the Apple Watch Ultra 2 and Series 9 feature, which you can kind of get most of the way there with the accessibility features from previous watches, but the Double Tap has the, you know, the pretty interface and stuff. I use it. You're still using it, yeah. Not as not, much not as you super regularly, it. right? But yeah, a couple of times a week, it's convenient to just double tap to select something rather than bring my other hand over or my hands full. So I'm happy it's there. I saw somebody mention I can't remember who it was, but so when you get a messages notification on your watch and you have double tap, when you double tap, all it does is bring up the response field for that message, right? Like you can't just dismiss the notification with double tap yes that's correct because which if you like if the you like tap and it brings up the it will like scroll the whole message until it comes to the yeah. res, the, per, the reply field and then you can double tap and it opens reply and if you if you double tap to open it, it defaults to dictation so you can talk and then double tap again and it sends it um so if you're in the reply if you actually want to reply it's quite handy and that's when i do use it like if you're washing up or something and you can't you know you've got wet hands you can't really touch the screen because it doesn't you know touch input with capacitive display doesn't work very well when it's when your fingers are wet so i have actually done the double tap a few times in that situation to reply but if if you want to dismiss the notification there's no way to do it on any on any basically on any notification the dismiss like if there's an action you can do on the notification it does the action there's no dismiss there's no dismiss via double tap I feel like that should be a toggle or something because I have the accessibility version enabled. And when I get a message, like I raise my wrist, I look at it and nine times out of 10, it's not something I need to respond to that minute, but just double tap and it goes away. Hmm. I don't think I would, I feel like I don't think I would want to respond often enough from my watch to want double tap to be always linked to initiating that dictation it's hard because you can only set it to one thing the times when you do want to reply and then you've got it set to dismiss it's yeah. kind of annoying mm-hmm. i think they're like if i was apple i would design it the way they've done it so that like you know if you look at a notification you're not interested in it you can just put your wrist down you know whereas if you yeah but sometimes it gets stuck or it doesn't go i know away, what you mean you know? but like i, I think yeah. i like how it's done because i feel like it's more useful that way because if i get like a messages yeah, that's, alert that's and i don't use and i don't want to reply i just put my hand back down um so it kind of fits the way i think i get they do have some settings for double tap like you can change what happens in the smart stack and you can change what happens when you're in now playing whether it skips forward or it pauses so there's so there's scope to change like other stuff like that for sure but right now it works how i would like it to work at least i think i'm just kind of obsessive about clearing messages notifications because i'm always scared i'm going to accidentally respond (laughs) like it 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 comes up and i see it and i want it to go away because i don't want to like if i'm washing the dishes or something i don't want to send some incoherent response to somebody and the to just wrap up iOS 17.1 the most influential significant change that will not leave us crash detection optimizations for iphone 14 iphone oh. 15 <laughs> i thought you were gonna say the france radiation oh thing. yeah i forgot about that <laughs> that don't forget yeah the crash detection thing makes me laugh literally every update they're like we're optimizing crash detection algorithms every single one yeah. I like how Apple told the French government they'd release this update no later than October 24th. And then I think just kind of as a screw you, they released it on October 25th <laughs> just to say, what are you going to do about it? But yeah, if you're in France, 
you're in France, your iPhone is safe to use. It's safe to use on a roller coaster, and it's safe to use to make a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now that 17.1's out, we're ready and waiting for 17.2 beta. Who knows, by the time this episode actually comes out, it might be available. Yeah. Journal app probably be the big thing, hopefully. And the, I want the tap yeah. back feature in messages. So you can tap back oh, a sticker. Yeah. That's what I've been waiting for all this time. As I think we talked about, the writing's kind of on the wall for that because they redesigned the tap back yep. menu on the Mac and iPad. And iPad. Yeah. 17.2 coming soon and then presumably out before, probably November, before the end of the year. We have good news and bad news for you this week, Mayo. Yep. It's been a big week for Apple TV. What do you want to start with? Do you want to start with the price increases? No, let's start with the good news, the, right? The good news? Okay. Well, it, I mean, it might turn out to be nothing. <laughs> Bloomberg, Mark Gurman, he announced, or he reported, that Apple is working on a redesign for the Apple TV app. A complete revamp that will also include discontinuing the dedicated iTunes moving TV show apps on the Apple TV itself and removing those sections from the iTunes store app on like iOS, right? Um, he said that the revamped TV app will include a new sidebar that kind of looks like Netflix, where they put, like, movies, TV shows, and, like, the settings on the left-hand side. The TV app on Apple TV right now has top navigation and no side navigation. Uh, He didn't specify any other changes, so (laughs) uh, I'm hoping that there's more than just that, but, you know, I'll take anything at this point. I've been asking for stuff to change for ages, and they haven't really done anything, and we're just coming off the bat of a pretty nice Apple Music update, so I'd love to see some good old gusto on TV app side, too. Yeah. like seriously, even if it's only just a sidebar change, it's not like it's not you know ground shaking, but it's still better than I think what they do right now because right now they put the navigation at the very very top of the screen in a tab bar, right? So if you ever want to get back to it and you'll scroll down the page, you have to scroll so far to get back back back, back up to the top of the the screen so you can yeah. see the menu. The advantage of it being horizontal on the left hand side, it means it's always there. So like even if you scroll down loads, you can always go to the left to access those options. But what I hope is that there's a that, that sidebar change is just one part of a bigger overhaul to the whole application that makes it easier to navigate, easier to find stuff, adds more features like the ability to add streaming shows to your library, not just stuff you buy and rent, like and bring it all together. And the fact that they're discontinuing iTunes TV shows and movies is at least a sign that there are more changes in the app coming because right now I think they kind of keep the dedicated movies and TV show app around as like a hedge for people that like the old way of doing it and those old apps have some views and like sorting options that the TV app just doesn't offer. Um, so you know like when they 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 discontinued iTunes trailers not very long ago and they shoved the trailers in the TV app? Yeah, and took away all the features. It was like yeah. terrible and people were mad about it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Apple cared very much because they don't make any money off trailers, <laughs> right? Like, it's just a free thing they did. So they're like, yeah. we'll slap it in here. Um, but with iTunes movies and TV shows, you've been able to buy and rent inside the TV app for as long as the TV app's been a thing. But they've never discontinued the old way of doing it um, because people are used to it, because it offers some advantages. For a while, it was actually more performant to scroll. Like, if you had a collection of movies in the iTunes movies app, it was faster and, like, less laggy to do it in the app than in the TV app. Um some of the performance changes have been resolved in recent updates, but like just organizationally, sort options, filtering. Um, you know, I come to the TV app and I get mad that I see all this stuff that isn't like what I actually want, which is the TV Plus content, right? There's other people who have bought loads of TV shows and movies and they don't want to use the TV app right now because it puts all the yeah. streaming stuff in their face. So like you, ideally you want a new redesign for the TV app that can harmonize and make everybody happy and have nicely delineated sections and favoriting and bookmarks and, you know, recommendations that actually make sense. 
um, make it a lot more modern application. That's what I hope this update means. <laughs> I hope you're you prepared know, to be probably fall far short of that, yeah. but we'll find out. Uh, German says this will be shipping in December, which might mean it is available in beta as part of 17.2. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that, and we will definitely report back on whether it's just a sidebar or something more significant. Because they did add a sidebar to the Mac version of the TV app yeah. and changed and nothing, changed else. nothing so else. So the precedent yeah. precedent's not in your favor. It's not. Uh, you know, I've been asking <laughs> to change TV apps basically since 2019, and they've delivered about one of those things, which was the dedicated tab for TV Plus, because even that didn't exist in the early days, uh, which was kind of ridiculous. Oh yeah. Um, and that took them like a year and a half after TV Plus came out to do that. So you know, it's it's small steps, <laughs> it's small steps, but but maybe this entire time they've had a skunk works team who are like, you know, the old TV apps, technical debt of rubbish. We're just going to leave yeah. it as it is. We're working on a brand new application that we're going to release in December of 2023. Wouldn't that be dramatic? I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope. I, I hope. You know what Mark's report reminded me about? He mentioned it in passing is that the Apple TV channels feature still exists. It does. You know, the, th- the thing that lets you subscribe to like, I think it's like, I think the, the option. Increasingly the fewer selections. <laughs> yeah. I think Paramount Plus is one of the good ones in there and couple other random but i would love to see that like come back with vengeance because that's a good feature here's the thing though subscribing to paramount plus is better to do in their actual app than it is to do in the channel because not only do you get access to more content including the the live stuff that the tv app has no awareness of at all that is true but then you can go sign in to paramount plus's app with your itunes with your apple yeah but they're the only provider to offer that Nobody else does. Only for some reason, only Paramount is only the only ever one to offer like the linking feature. Like when you know when HBO used to be inside the TV app. If you if you subscribe through the TV app, you couldn't access the HBO dedicated app. Um, and uh, and so you know at least with Paramount you can get in both places. And but if you take another channel like that, it was always kind of worse to choose the TV app version because the dedicated app, like other streaming apps, are better than the TV app at showing the content that they have, and you know, better organization, better options, better, you know, added bonus features and stuff. So, like, if they're going to do that, they really need to do it well. I kind of feel like, as it stands right now, the channels just kind of get in the way. Um, like, people, I could see people that. don't people get confused by it, and they're like, "What? Why is this in here? I came here for the app for Ted Lasso. Like, why is this?" You know, I, I, what I see a lot on Twitter, because I have, like, the tweet deck column for Apple TV, yeah. people get confused all the time that the TV app pushes notifications for content on, like, Disney+. Plus. Because, you know, it, like, integrates, like, the Up Next queue from Disney or, like, HBO Max and stuff. People are like, why mm-hmm. is the Apple app telling me about the new season of Loki? Like, they, they, they literally don't understand <laughs> it. Like, you know, and it, it, when you say it, like, the Apple TV app integrates all of your content from across all your streaming services into one screen. That sounds like a good idea, right? But the implementation is just not good enough. Um, so it just becomes confusing. So they either need to like embrace it and do it well or get rid of it all and focus just on being like the TV Plus and iTunes store service, you know? But look, December's going to fix it. So we don't have to stress about it. Yeah. What we can stress about is having to pay more for it. <laughs> Apple had bad news on Tuesday. Apple TV Plus, Apple Arcade, and Apple News Plus are more expensive now. Which also folds into Apple One. Yeah. So these, I I think we're on the same page. These price increases are bad. They're not great there. Apple TV Plus is going from $699 
to ten ninety nine or nine ninety nine. Yeah, ten dollars. Yeah, which they only just put it up to six ninety nine a year ago. Right. So if you like one year and one month ago, it was four ninety nine. <laughs> now it's nine ninety nine. It's like nine. It's double. It's double. It's, it's, uh, that is hefty. Like last year when we spoke about it on the show. Um, and it went to six ninety nine. I think my comment on the show was like, they just made it worth the $5 subscription and they put the price <laughs> up. And I don't think they'd quite made it worth the $7 subscription and now they put it up to $10. I don't think so. Yeah. Like, I like TV Plus. Like, I watch stuff on there quite a lot. But, like, nine ninety nine is, like, pushing it. And I, it helps, I guess, a bit comparatively that Netflix, Disney, and HBO have also had price increases. So, like... You know, Netflix used to yeah. be nine ninety nine. Now it's more like fifteen ninety nine for the basic plan without ads. Like, so I guess if you look at it that way, it's on the cheaper end of the spectrum still. But there was like, when it was five dollars, it was like you know they could get away with shipping like, you know, releasing one show a month or whatever, or every two months, and you watch one every couple of months, and you'd be okay with it because like they literally introduced TV Plus as the same price as one iTunes movie rental. Um, that was like their justification for it <laughs> and yeah obviously the price was going to go up over time I even said I think on right. the show what like a month ago that every you know when we were talking about like the strikes and Netflix price increases that rumour I was like yeah TV Plus is going to go up as well I just didn't expect it to go up uh, literally three weeks later I was kind of expecting the 990 thing to be like another year or two away um, so I do think it's premature I don't think they've quite warranted that price point but Apple knows their numbers and I guess it must be popular enough because if you have a a service that's doing well, you put the... Um, so it must be doing well on some metric internally because they wouldn't just put it out for no reason. It's also just a big jump, 699 to 999 If they just would have taken like another in between step, step between yeah. getting to... Yeah. Do 699 to 799 Or even 8 Like even that feels better. As soon as you, as soon as you say 999 it's like, wait, it's $10 a month. Because like, <laughs> like, you know, Apple Music... Where you can literally stream every song on the planet ever made is ten ninety nine. It's like, and then you've got this, yeah. which is two hundred Apple TV Plus shows for nine ninety nine. It's like uh, it doesn't quite add up in the same way. Like no. once you cross the ten dollar price point, you're really pushing like the own. Like you have to really re- release a lot more content. I feel like to justify the price. Um, or, or like when you don't have um, you know, known IP or like you know, you don't have Star Wars, for instance, right, or like Marvel stuff, like. It's you kind of need a bit more um, vitality there to really justify it. Like maybe they're gonna. I mean, maybe they're planning to like rolling a, lo- a random library, or they're gonna roll out loads of shows next year or something. Like this year's rollout's been slightly stunted by the strikes and stuff, um, which hasn't helped. But like, arguably, you know, Apple could have just delayed the price increase next year. You know, with that in mind or whatever. Like, well, yeah, the eff- the effects of the strike are gonna linger. Yeah, exactly. Like, like we're not gonna see content for a while in full in full blast. Um, and they are ramping up, like, on the film side, right? You know, they're going to have Napoleon. They're going to have Killers of the Flower Moon streamings very soon. Like, so they obviously think people are going to pay for it. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't do it. But it does feel a bit punishing to do it right now. Um, hopefully, the TV app redesign. Because that's the other thing. Like, when the TV yeah. app was worse, I could kind of, like, laugh it off more. It's like, well, it's only $5, you know? Like, But once you're just charging top-end prices, you also expect premium top-end design and app features. And Netflix, all you want, whatever you want to say about Netflix content, their app is really well made. It works well. It's fast. It has all the features yeah. you want and more. Um, and it's on loads of platforms. So, like, comparatively, they're definitely behind there. Uh, you put in the note, lots of people saying that it's in the Netflix price range, but not really. 
I don't know about that, right? Because right, so Netflix is what is if you well, want the highest end Netflix tier, it's twenty twenty going to twenty three now, right? Twenty three, yeah, which yeah. is the four K shared with the family or whatever. If you have the basic plan, that's fifteen going to seventeen, I think, and that's ten eighty p, and you can share it with a couple of house, a couple of people, um, and then. So I guess like if you're looking at the ad free comparison, it's still a lot cheaper. Yeah, that's and just the jump to also get the four K content because you get four K. With Apple TV Plus. Yeah, but do you think people care about that? No. Probably. A decent... I feel like Apple TV Plus subscribers care more than the average subscriber. Fair. Maybe. Fair. Because if Apple is going for this whole... The clear strategy is quality over mm-hmm. quantity. Apple's not going to make you watch Killers of the Flower Moon in 1080p. Or I think the... Is, what Netflix ad tiers? Is it still 720p? No, they they upgrade. It started at 720, but now it's 1080, yeah. Yeah, I think the a- average Apple TV Plus subscriber cares more about 4K than the average Netflix subscriber. That might be true, but I think if they offered a cheaper plan that was low resolution, people would buy it in droves. Like, Well, pres- do you think this price increase means we're going to see ad-supported TV Plus soon? I think it's way, way, way more likely. Like, Yeah. When you're at four ninety nine or six ninety nine, you don't really have the space to put an ad tier below that unless you're gonna do free, which I don't think Apple's gonna do. But once you're at ten dollars, which now, you know, give it another two years, it'd probably be twelve dollars, you know, like so like yeah. <laughs> at that point it's like there's loads of room for there to be like a ten eighty P ad tier at like five dollars a month for T V plus. So I would I a hundred percent now I'm like conf- in my head, I'm like, oh, it's gonna happen at some point. Like because that's the thing now. If you're if you're a person, if you're a consumer winning up services, you're like Apple TV Plus nine ninety nine, Netflix six ninety nine. Hmm. Like yeah, it has ads. Yeah, and it has you know not the highest resolution, and you can't share it with many people. But I don't think I, I think the price is like the most important factor there. And Netflix has loads of content, like loads of it by the bucket load, or arguably too much. But you know it's six ninety nine a month. <laughs> so the the ad the Netflix ad tier has a lot of power there. Um, so I think TV Plus will eventually grow ads and maybe also drop the 4K required situation. I think a lot of people just watch it on their laptop and they don't care what resolution it is, to be honest. I like 4K. Yeah, like the fair. Apple TV Plus streams are really yeah. high bitrate. They look great on my big TV. But a lot of people that watch are watching on phones and they're watching on like laptop screens. So that, that's TV Plus. Let's just talk about the other ones for a sec, right? So yeah. Arcade has gone from 4.99 to 6.99. That's the first price increase it's seen because... It started at twenty in twenty nineteen at four ninety nine. That's fine. I don't really play any arcade games. I actually do. Like a surprise, I was thinking about this because I play like a lot of mini motorways. Okay, which is Apple Arcade. Lately, I've been playing a lot of Finity. Don't know if you've heard of that mm, one. Not sure. It's kind of like threes or twenty forty eight in a sense. It's just a, one of those puzzle games. Mm-hmm. It's very fun. I recommend you check it out. But but then my wife is like, I think she uses Apple Arcade more than Apple Music. Oh, she really? Just like, wow. <laughs> she just she just goes in there and it's like, oh, this looks fun. Download it. Obsessively play it for two weeks. Go and find another one. Rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat. I don't think it's a bad service. So, I don't use it. No, it's... I think... It's gotten a lot better now that they do like the re... Like the bring back the old mm. classic games, you know, where they update the graphics or just make it ad-free. And... My- you could definitely see TV doing that too, by the way. They could bring in some more like catalog content and just put a you know, brand it like yeah, that. Like, I mean, it's done well for Arcade, so maybe there'll be a shift in TV too. So yeah, I mean, Arcade, I don't use it very much, but I think it's good for families. It's obviously good for 
you know, if you if you do if you are in that inclined of mobile gaming or whatever, like your wife is or whatever, then go for it. And I guess it must be doing well enough for them to bump the price up. And then you've got News Plus. It's hard to justify the Apple TV Plus price increase. Apple Arcade price increase, okay, it's the first one since 2019. Like, that's fine. Apple News Plus. It is only the first price increase since 2019. That's fair. (laughs) But it's also $3, right? Because Arcade's $2 price increase, 4 to 6. Yeah. News is going from 9 to 12.99. So now it's $13 a month if you want News Plus. I use News Plus for one thing, and that is reading Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal, yeah. Yeah. Great, great service for doing that alone. <laughs> in fact, even though the only way to actually do it is to like see the article on the web and then copy and paste the title yep. into the news app to find it in there. Um, so it, it, you have to go like backwards, you know, half a, half away backwards to actually do it. But when you do do it, all the articles are in there for free. Um, I would not pay for News Plus on its own. I would not pay for Apple Arcade on its own. But they are part of Apple One Premiere, so I do have access to them. Which... All of these price increases, they are impacting the Apple One bundle prices. They they don't directly add, like, you do get a site saving. So, like, yeah. Apple One individual used to be $16.95, now it's $19.95. Yeah. So, you, basically, it's $3 more, but you're getting $6 of extra price in it, right? Because TV Plus went up 3 Arcade went up 2 um so you do get a bit of you do get a bit of a saving there like a dollar saving you get a bit more saving on the top end but apple and premiere which i believe originally cost 29.99 right when they first launched apple one yep now it costs Mm -hmm. 37.95 so it's a pretty big jump up over the last couple of years but i guess i'll still pay it i'll still pay it i mean i mean i use everything that it gets me i don't think i use apple tv plus enough to justify like ten dollars a month or apple news plus enough to justify thirteen dollars a month but when you put it all together i mean this is exactly what they want you to do they give you just enough to make it worth it but forty dollars it's almost forty dollars that's i don't know about that it's a lot it's a lot like when it first looked when apple one first launched it felt like pretty good value it felt too good almost (laughs) and now we're paying the price literally (laughs) yeah now it's like mm, they probably need to. This is probably the the top end now that they could push the prices without changing the offering, right? And if you ask them, like we have a we have a, like a statement from them in the story about it, which like basically just yeah. summarizes. We keep consistently add entertainment content and innovative features. They have mentioned like the um, crosswords they added to News Plus this year, right? Like stuff like that. Those are very. But good. like overall, I, I think the stuff that. Mm, what what I care about in the Apple One bundle is iCloud, Apple Music, and TV. The other stuff's on the periphery, right? Um, music, fine. They keep making it better. iCloud, you know, at least they didn't put the price up there. TV, it was good when it was five. It was all right when it was seven. Now it's ten. It, mm, you know, I still watch stuff there, don't get me wrong, but it feels like they need to buck up a bit there and do some more stuff, whether it's, you know, more originals, um, library content, who knows? We'll see what happens. Uh I don't really think if they came around next year and haven't changed like the the equation and they're like premieres now 42 or 39 you know like then it starts they're pushing it too far but I guess we've gone from good value to like value you know yeah. we're on like the borderline of it being expensive and to be fair the iCloud aspect of Apple One has gotten a decent amount better because you have like private relay and hide my email 
and HomeKit Secure Video. That's a big one. Nice fair, yeah. I'm better off doing this than I would be trying to unbundle and pick and choose. And I saw some people saying that unbundling is like super buggy. Like if you like you you might get logged out or you might have some of your history erased. So that sounds like a headache. But I mean, I'm going to keep paying now $38 a month, I guess. I think that's everything for this week. Obviously, the big what we're waiting for is the event next week, so we'll have quite a bit of coverage on that. May, are you going to upgrade? I meant to ask you. You're sticking with your 2021. Oh, yeah. I mean, we don't even know what it is going to be yet. So we can... <laughs> Well, yeah, but no. an M3 MacBook Pro 14-inch with whatever graphics performance improvements that doesn't tempt you. I luckily don't really need graphics performance, though. So. You have a PC, don't you, for gaming? I do, but I mean, they would have to... It's more than just the GPU that makes you have to yeah. have a PC, right? Like. If they, if they ran, I'd love to only have one computer and only have one Mac if they had the same game selection that you have on Windows, but we're a long way off from that happening. Uh, I am not really due for the MacBook update. I'm perfectly happy with my 2021. It's great. You know, maybe next year, maybe the year after is when I'll start looking again for laptops. They would have to do something truly insane for me to consider it tomorrow, uh, next week. But if they did release your your perfect studio display pro you'd go for that would be tempting that would be tempting (laughs) or if they randomly had the imac pro ready to roll out that would be tempting too but that is true that would be tempting for me yeah just the laptops uh no show no show in the meantime you can find us on apple podcasts where you can leave a rating and a review and find an ad free version of the show for fifty dollars a month oh $50 $50 a month. Yeah, we're, inc- we're increasing we're our following prices. following Apple, well. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> $5 a month or $50 a year. You can send us feedback, happy hour at 9to5mac.com. I did get a bunch more feedback on the CarPlay bug, so that continues to roll in with no comment from Apple. You can find me on Twitter, Mastodon, and especially threads at Chance H. Miller. And Mayo, what about you? Same places, BZA Mayo. All right. Thanks, Mayo. Bye-bye.